Here's Elliott side by side down the back stretch. Chastain in turn one drives it in deep to the bottom. Problems along the front stretch. Kyle Larson gets sideways. He's young. He's informed. He's J.C. Fickenshire. And it's time now to raise the door on J.C.'s Garage. Hi, welcome to J.C.'s Garage. I'm joined by David Stiles and two-time Cups Truck Series champion Todd Bodine. Uh, Chase Elliott wins his third race, first driver to get three wins in the NASCAR Cup Series at Atlanta, and uh, edges Corey LaJoy out to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's an exciting finish, exciting race, lots of cautions, lots of uh, attrition, I guess you could say. And uh, I was pulling for Corey there at the end. And I know that uh, you, Todd, you guys have a pretty pretty good close relationship, you and Randy LaJoy, so I'm sure that you were on pins and needles there at the end of it. Yeah, that was... Uh... That was a tough one, you know. I mean, I've known Corey since, man, since he could walk just about. So uh, to see him get that close, you know, we, we've always known. See, that's the thing about Corey. And everybody that knows Corey, everybody's watched Corey, we know he can drive. That's that's not an issue, you know. You, but you got to sit in stuff that, that you can get up there and do it, right? Like Kevin Harvick says, you can't. Good driver can't make a slow car win or go fast, right? This is not going to happen. So uh, yesterday he had a fast car, and he showed everybody what he's capable of doing. And he made a move at the end and uh, just didn't work out. You know, it's, uh, Chase blocked him. You knew it was coming. You know, you knew, you knew something was going to happen. Uh, Chase was had to block him. Uh, Corey Really had a good run, had a good push from behind with from Eric Jones. So get down into one, you know, sitting sitting on the couch, right? Well, yeah, armchair racers, right? We sit on the couch and say, "Yeah, should have, would have, could have done an ass. Why didn't you do that?" And you know, looking back and watching that thing, I I said to myself, "Man, if he would have faked high and went low, yeah, you know, but." Sitting in that seat, making that split-second decision, uh, it's way different. Oh, I know. And, I mean, from you being in the race car, I mean, what is that What is that like at those super speedway tracks when things are happening so quickly and the, and the runs change behind you? I mean, that's really where those passes take place. It does. Um, you know, it's funny you call it super speedway. <laughs> I, know, I know it's it's hard to imagine a mile and a half as a super speedway but that's that's what it is now and uh but it is different than daytona talladega in that the corners are sharper uh, handling was definitely uh an issue you know and i mean that's like that's why ross got into denny you know car pushed up on him so handling was an issue so it's it's a little different than Daytona Talladega. And you know, like Corey said in his post race interview, he he'd never hadn't been in that position before. Yeah. Right? And quite honestly, <laughs> there's not many that's been in that position because it is so different than Daytona Talladega. So I'm I'll give him a pass on that one. He he went to school and he definitely learned something. Um but it is, man, I, I was, I won't, I won't say I was skeptical when they reconfigured and did what they did. But I was like, man, I, I just don't know how this is going to work out. It's going to be interesting. Well, 
I'll be darn if it is an incredible racing. Uh, something that I don't think any of us had ever figured. But I will say that I think, you know, five, six, seven, ten years down the road, uh, we're going to see the racetrack wear out. We're going to see that they have to start lifting. They'll probably still run wide open for maybe 10 or 15 laps. But then it's they're going to have to start lifting. The track will get wore out. And then I think you're going to see an unbelievable race. As good as it is now, when they have to start lifting, it's going to be even better. I agree. I mean, it's to me, I can't even explain how exciting those races have become there at Atlanta. I mean, it because there for a while we were just seeing Kevin Harvick run around on the bottom and just dominate, and it was all about tire wear, managing your equipment. And right now it's just floor, you know, put the pedal to the floor and don't run over anybody. So it, it, to me it's just extremely interesting. And, I mean, yesterday it just showed that Chase Elliott, I mean, he had the best car all day. I think it's the first time all season that someone's won all three of the stages and won the race. So, I mean, he, he just looked, you know, head and shoulders above the rest of the field. Yeah. I mean, it's when you have a car that's that good, that's, you know, that dominant and that good driver, all those things, good pit crew. Yeah. You go out and win all the stages, new race, but I'm not going to say he lucked into the stages, but <laughs> to be in that position, the way that racing is, I mean, it's kind of lucky. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, yeah, you got to have all that other stuff, and you got to do all the right things. Um, but with speedway racing, <laughs> there again, calling call it speedway racing just doesn't <laughs> seem right, but it's funny. Uh, but to to have that type of racing, uh, pretty phenomenal for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very different going to Atlanta and seeing what we saw yesterday and what we saw in the spring. Um, but I I like it. I think. For right now, the mix we have in between intermediate tracks, short tracks, uh, road courses, and now I guess six super speedways, you would call it, uh, I think it's perfect. I think we don't want any more. I don't don't want any less. I think it gives everyone an opportunity to get a win six times in the year. Well, I I agree with you. I I think that... (laughs) It's funny. I, I really think that this is its own class of track now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I we keep calling it a speedway, and yeah, they're running wide open. But can can you really call a mile and a half a super speedway? In my world, no. I just don't feel that way. You know, Daytona Talladega, two and a half miles. That's a super speedway. Yeah. You know, I don't even call Michigan or or California super speedways. They're two miles. But they're not super speedways. I think it's land of it is its own class of racetrack. I would love to see, uh, you know, of course they're they're, I don't know what the latest is on on California tearing it down, make three quarter mile, but maybe take Michigan and do exactly what they did to, to Atlanta. Yeah, and do that to Michigan. Do that to Michigan. You know, uh, even though Michigan's a lot of fun to race on right now, especially after the repave. But it's Atlanta's its own animal. Um, you know, it's running wide open. You can't necessarily classify the speedway because mm-hmm. it's still a mile and a half. And if you watch the way they race that, yeah, draft was big, but it wasn't everything. Yeah. 
You know, you go to Daytona mm-hmm. Talladega, that drafts everything. Yeah, if you're out, you, if you're off the pace, you're you're done. Yeah, you pull out of the draft, single file draft, you're going backwards. Well, yesterday there was times that happened, but there was a lot of times that didn't happen. I mean, right there towards the end, Kurt Busch got hung out, and he stayed right there on the bottom, side drafting. You know, the thing about that is when you run the second groove or second and a half groove like they were yesterday when they were single file, that bottom lane around the bottom becomes 40, 50, 60 feet shorter of a distance. So the time traveled on that distance becomes shorter than the outside lane. So if you can handle good on the bottom, you can make up that time, get up in a straightaway, side draft them, not lose as much, get back to the bottom of the corner. You can actually, I mean, that's how I've done it at Daytona and Talladega before. So you can still hang in there, and that makes it a, a different type of a race. Now for you, I know that you like the road courses too, but what is, do you like running on the super speedways? And I know we keep saying that Atlanta is a super speedway, but it, I know a lot of fans also, they don't like that type of racing. I love it. What is, what is your favorite track? Do you like running on those, or would you rather do just a regular mile and a half? Honestly, I like them all. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to be sound that way, but <laughs> man, if, if I'm driving, I'm having fun. Yeah. But um, I really did enjoy speedway racing. Uh, there was a time in the truck series, uh, we won four speedway races in a row, and we bookended it with second place finishes. Wow. Uh, speedways in the cup car, Xfinity car, I always ran well. Never got wins in either one of those, but I always ran well, ran up front with them. I just, I just, I think I have a different mindset mm-hmm. than maybe most of the guys. When I, when I started the speedway race, we took the green flag and I, I just sat back, relaxed, you know, turned the wheel, held it wide open. I didn't get all jacked up and on the wheel and, and hyped up and and you see this today i think a little bit in xfinity you don't really see it in cup because those guys have enough experience and understanding but maybe a little in xfinity and definitely over half the field in the truck series they just get anxious yeah they just think that they gotta go now they gotta get up there you see these idiots bump drafting (laughs) in the middle of the pack (laughs) when they're two or three wide where are you going? Yeah. Where? Why are you hitting the guy in front of you? You're not going anywhere. Stop. And that's when you see wrecks. If you're not the the second or third guy in line, don't be bumped. It's the most ignorant thing you could do. So, but these guys get up on the wheel. They get excited. They get anxious. They get that adrenaline flowing, and you have problems. Well, I I, I never did that. I just sat back, and you know the one thing that. Speedway racing is truly, I, I forget if it was, I forget who coined the phrase, but they were right. It, when they called it a high-speed chess match, it's yeah. exactly what it is. You sit back and you watch the guys in front of you and you watch what they're doing and you're always thinking, okay, if, I, if this guy goes there, I'm going to go here. If they get too wide, I'm going to get a better draft. I might go here. You know, you always you think of scenarios. And that was one thing I always did <clears throat> riding the speedway races. 
whether it was in the car, or in an airplane, in the motor coach, whatever it was, just going to the racetracks. And even before, uh, I run scenarios through my head. Yeah. You know, think about what I would do in certain positions and what's going on in front of me and what's going on behind me. I would run those through my head and think about what I was going to do. And I really think that was a lot of my success too. That's awesome. It's, yeah. To me, that kind of relates to like playing baseball where you're, you know, you're thinking about, okay, I'm in this situation. Game, game situa- situation awareness is totally what Speedway racing is about. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like when I play golf, I try and think like, okay, I got this shot. I, I want to put it here, but what happens if I don't? Like, I might be here, then I have to recover from there. It's so when you super speedway race, you like ninety percent of the time thinking ahead. You have to, mm-hmm. you you really do. It's uh, you know, like I said, it's situational awareness, where knowing where you're at, what you're doing, and if if you don't, if you're just sitting there, if you're riding around, and there again, like I said, a lot of these kids just don't understand that they get all that adrenaline going, they get up on the wheel and they get excited. So they're not really thinking ahead. Right? You think they're, that's because the races are so short or shortened, or do you think that's just, they feel like they have to go right they, now? They just, they have that mentality that, that you just got to go now. Okay. And in speedway racing, it's just not that way. If you're, you know, eighth or 10th in line on the inside and there's another lane outside of you, where are you going? Yeah. You're not going anywhere. Just sit back and relax. Figure out what you can do to get better and and put yourself in a better position. Think about what the guys ahead of you are doing. Who's who's sliding up? Who's getting out of line? Who's the guy that's not going straight down the straightaway? Which is another thing that's a pet peeve of mine. (laughs) These guys can't even drive straight down the straightaway. But you know, you just gotta you just gotta think ahead and look ahead. You know, that's one thing about racing not just speedways all racing is you gotta you gotta look way in front of you don't ever look at the end of your hood because you're going to get in wrecks all the time you gotta look you know quarter mile in front of you and and know what's going on at all times so what do you think if Corey would have been able to make a move there at the end what do you think that would have done for his career kind of moving forward if he would have won yesterday Uh, winning wins everything yeah yeah it makes all the difference in the world if you know, that was one thing that, that I never did is win a cup race. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won I won two Winston Opens right here at the Speedway, Charlotte Speedway, but I never won a points-paying race. And I really think that it makes a difference in your legacy. Uh, it makes a difference, in, in Corey's case, you know, for his immediate future mm-hmm. and what's going on. The thing there again, going back to what I said earlier, the thing about Corey is we all know he can drive. Yeah, right? that's not an issue. It really isn't. He can go fast. Uh, he's getting better experience this year because he's having some better runs. Uh, but when you race in the back, middle of the pack to the back of the pack, it's it's way different than racing at the front of the pack. Mm-hmm. You're actually working harder because if you're back there, your car's not handling. Yeah. So you're driving your butt off more. And I, I really believe that when that happens, in like Corey's situation, when he's been doing that now for three or four years, when he gets his chance in a good car that's handling with horsepower 
with a good pit crew, crew chief making the right calls, everything going the right way. When you put him in that situation, he's going to be way better than yeah everybody thinks because he's had to drive junk for so long. And and a perfect example of that is Ross Chastain. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ross, have to agree. Ross is a very good friend of mine. And Ross drove junk for a long time. Xfinity. Uh, in the Cup Series, you know, he he ran 28th was a good finish. Yeah. You know, and he learned how to race that, that car, that car that wasn't handling, and drive that car that wasn't handling, and get the most out of that car that wasn't handling. Well, now you look at what he's in. He's in some of the best equipment you can get. The engineering staff's doing a great job. His crew chief's doing a great job. They've put him in a position to where now he understands how to race a bad car, so you put him in a good car, and he's just going to be that much better. I mean, another top five yesterday, finished second. And, again, a little dust-up with Denny Hamlin <laughs> again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think uh, – I know that Denny has said that that payback will come when it means – when it hurts the most. I mean, when – I could see Ross going very deep into the playoffs. I think mm-hmm. that whole track house organization is kind of clicking on all cylinders right now. Do you think, you know, Ross could end up in the Final Four going into Phoenix? No reason he couldn't. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I, this sounds maybe a little pie in the sky, but I I really believe the way this car is, next-gen car, the way the racing is now, uh, I really feel like anybody in the top ten right now could be in the final four at Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I, I just I really feel that way. I think all the drivers are that good. The cars are all that equal. You know, I think some of the teams hit it, the setup, more than others, but there's no reason that they all can't get it good. So I, I just, you know, maybe it's a little pie in the sky, but I, I just think the competition level is, is that close right now. Yeah, when we did the off-week podcast and uh, did our playoffs, what's going to happen, who's going to get in, I think we mentioned that a little bit, like, there's so many guys who look competitive each and every week. And going off Ross Chastain, I mean, I think that's his 10th top five this year, which is very impressive. Just about halfway, just after halfway in the season, and he's got 10 top fives, two wins, and he's putting on a championship-type season. I don't see why he can't go all the way, but... You look through who's locked themselves in the playoffs. There's no reason those guys can't go all the way. Well, I mean, that's, that comes back to what I said. I think that the competition level is that good. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of times in this sport where you, you literally make your own luck, right? We've, we've heard it over and over again. And a lot of times it'll come down to that. Now, you know, Ross is very aggressive. Mm-hmm. We all know that. We've seen it. And I've actually had talks with him about it. You know, there's times where you have to learn, and this is just something he has to learn. It's, it's going to have to come on his own because I'm sure Justin Marks has talked to him about it. I'm sure NASCAR has probably talked to him about <laughs> it. I've talked to him about it, you know, there's times where you just have to pull your own reins back and say, okay, I got to, I, 
I can't make that move. I can't push it that hard. I have to be smarter than that. And, you know, yesterday with Denny was another example of just, just got to let off the gas. You just got to be smarter than that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And for Ross, it's not about going fast. It's not about talent. He can do both. He's got both. He's got the talent. He's got the speed. He can win races. He can win a race any given week. That's not the issue. It kind of goes back to what I talked about a little earlier, that, that he has raced in the back of the pack for so long. It's a little different when you're racing at the front of the pack. And that's what he has to figure out. It's kind of like at Darlington when, you know, that's kind of middle of the race. He had a great car all day long. He said that he had been hooking up kind of on the bottom where they'd put this new asphalt patch in there on, I think, coming out of turn two. And he said, I'd, I'd been sending it in there pretty hot all day. And he says it had, you know, stuck and I was able to make the corner. He said, I sent it in there really hot that last time. And he says it just turned me around. And so, I mean, it's, it's little things like that, I guess, that, you know, he's just kind of got to rein in. But I think he's, I think he could go and win the championship easily. I mean, they, both of those cars have been, outstanding i know suarez has had a little bit of trouble but i I feel like the monkey is now off of his back after the win at sonoma and again i, I agree with you i think you make kind of make your own luck i don't see why they both couldn't get hot and go on a little bit of run right right here at the end of the summer and going into the playoffs i agree with you i think there's there's no reason to you know the thing about today's racing that makes it a lot different than the past is not having practice Mm-hmm. right now we it's a little different now where they get the the 15 or 10 minutes or whatever it is <laughs> you know it, it's yeah you're making laps and you're getting some experience but you're really not getting to change the car much you can't there's very little things that you can do to change the setup to make the car better so to call it practice or whatever it's it's truly not accurate so when you unload this car or truck you got what you got Mm -hmm. right and all of that goes back to the guys at the shop the engineers sitting there running the simulation and changing things and trying to figure it out and the best engineering staffs are the ones that are going to hit it the most and figure it out the best well for whatever reason the track house group had figured it out before the season ever started because mm-hmm. they've been strong right from the start. Yeah. Right. So give those guys a lot of credit for what this team has done. Count counter side of that opposite side of that. Look at SHR. Yeah. And they can't hit their butt with both hands. No. I mean, and, and it's in amazing to me, a team of that caliber with caliber crew chiefs and drivers, mechanics, the shop, everything they have, the engineering staff, everything that goes with it, and they're struggling. They just can't figure it out. So there's some something fundamental that they're doing wrong, wherein they're, again, the other side of the coin. There's something fundamental what Trackhouse has figured out and and they're sticking to it so 
you know, it, it all goes back to the shop and what those guys figure out on those computers before they ever leave for the racetrack. Yeah, so from you coming back to race the six truck races you're going to do this year, you've already got five down, and Pocono will be your last and final one for your 800th NASCAR race ever. And uh, from you coming back into it, what's been the biggest thing, the hardest thing to adapt to? Oh, boy. I think the <laughs> the one thing that's been the hardest is the way these kids race. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we talk about it on TV all the time, and uh, you know, people see it during the race. You know, these kids, and, and it's really, you know, Matt Benedetto really blasted some people after Nashville. Yeah. For what, you know, Ty Majeski went four wide and took three guys out. And he, he, Maddie got right on TV and said, you know, these guys have no respect. They have no respect for other drivers. They have no respect for their equipment. They have no respect for their crews that have to fix the stuff when they tear it up. And he's spot on. I mean, I, I, I have a big issue right now with, with the way these kids race and, you know, watching it on TV. I've said it. I've said it over and over. I've said it on our pre-race show. And now that I've gotten out there and raced with them, you realize that it's pretty bad. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how you can fix it, what you can do to change it. It's, you know, I call it the iRacing mentality. Yeah, I mean. they, They just wreck each other and think they can push control out delete and reset and go again and and you know it's just not that way i i really wish that these owners and i and I, I really think this is one of the big issues when i grew up racing if i wrecked it i had to get out and fix it yeah i was the guy in the next week cutting the fenders or the sides off it or putting the front clip on it i had to fix what i wrecked today these kids get out they put their helmet in the helmet bag and say I'll see you see later. It. I'll see you at the next race. And to me, I I wish these owners would make these kids work on them and understand how much work goes into them so maybe they might have a little re- more respect for their equipment and the guys that are putting it together. I agree. And, I mean, Pocono is one of those – it's a different track altogether. I mean, it's a giant triangle. And it's got, what, three different turns, basically. They're all kind of set up differently. What's it like racing a truck at that big of a, you know, track? And it's got basically three different or six different. I don't know how you would classify that. You know, it's three, three, but yeah, it's uh Pocono's an absolute blast to race on as a driver. Um, three different length straightaways, three totally different corners. And the driver can really make a big difference in how fast his vehicle goes. Uh, it's you can't get the truck or the car perfect in all three corners. You just can't do it. So the driver has to figure out how to change his approach to each corner to make it the best he can make it in all three corners. To me, that's there's no bigger challenge as a driver than that, uh, and and it's just fun. Do you like setting? Do you like the car, the truck, or the car set up to be good in a particular corner, or? Uh, 
yeah, you you really you know one in turn one is got a lot of banking. Yeah, you know it's fast. It's got a lot of banking, and you can drive the corner differently to make it do different things. The tunnel turn, you know, fairly flat, ninety degree turn, and you know you need it to be pretty good there to carry the speed down that short shoot. But with the, their turn that's the biggest to me, the biggest concern is turn three. Yeah. Because of the long front straightaway. You have to get through turn three and and get as much throttle as early as you can to get down that long straightaway. With that said, all three corners are important. Yeah, I mean. They it, really are because they all lead on to longer straightaways and you got to carry that momentum. So, but if you're going to pick one and it's the way it's always been is turn three is the one you want to make sure you get right. Yeah. You've, you've come back for how long you've been out of a car, maybe five years, six years, it was nine and a half, years. nine and a half years since a truck series race. And you've come back and, and driven some pretty impressive races uh, I remember watching Las Vegas, and it was you. You did a great job, but I didn't know what I expected. Like you've been out of a car for ten years. It's it, it must have been like r- really different coming back and and racing. It's a whole different kind of series. It seems like with the way the tracks are, and the way the cars are, and the way the people drive. Yeah, you know, that's one of the most often asked questions I get right now. You know, how is it different? Mm-hmm. How are the trucks different? And it sounds a little strange, but the trucks really aren't a lot different. If you look at the rule book, the rule book's about the same as it was. And that's one thing give NASCAR a lot of credit for not changing the rules yeah you know this year is probably one of the biggest changes the truck series has had in a long time and that is the bump springs on the front shocks and that's just really just made it easier for some of the teams some of the lower funded teams to keep up better yeah but you know the trucks drive close to the same i don't see much difference the aerodynamics are really close uh, same amount, about the same amount of downforce, maybe a little more, maybe a little bit more side force. The biggest difference is the motors. Uh, well, not the motors that I ran. Uh, they were open motors. Yeah. And they had a lot more bottom end torque. We had, you know, we could carry more momentum. That's probably the biggest difference. But the tracks that I've raced on, you know, like Las Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, it's a momentum track. Right, you, you just try to not lift, try to keep that center of the corner speed up. Heck, it's what we did ten years ago. Yeah, it's no different. <laughs> hammer down, you know, hammer <laughs> down. So it really isn't different. But like you said, JC, and like I said earlier, these kids race different. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's not been hard to get used to because I mean, you race hard, you race hard, but they they just don't show you any respect. Yeah. So next week, 
Cup Series and Xfinity Series. And my favorite race of the weekend, the Wheel and Modified Tour, go to New Hampshire. And after that, Pocono. So your goal at Pocono, what, what's your goal coming out of Pocono to be? The onion needs to be in victory lane, right? I mean, <laughs> well, it, it, it sure would be nice to have that that mic drop moment, you know, for yeah. the last race. Uh, but realistically, just a good solid top ten, be competitive. That's all I ever wanted all year long. You know, to think that I was going to go out there and win a race, it's not realistic. Do I want to? Well, hell yeah, Heck yeah. You know, that's what we that's what we go for. But you have to be realistic, and I, I always have had that kind of attitude. Just you know, set your goals high, but real be realistic in where you expect to be. And the whole goal all year was just to run in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Be competitive, pass some trucks, you know, be racy. Yeah. And and for the most part, we've done that. You know, Sonoma, we didn't have a very good truck and it handled terrible and had some issues. And Las Vegas, <laughs> we were really pretty quick. And had some pit stop issues every time we stopped. Uh, you know, Nashville, I mean, we were a good solid top 10 truck. And, mm-hmm. and a couple things going our way, we could have had a top five run. And got a flat tire with five. With five. Well, actually, the last restart, it started going down. It finally went flat with five to go. So we got a bad finish. But um, we were really competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing that I'm, nobody sees and, something that i'm very happy about is other than sonoma we had top 10 times at yeah. every racetrack you know we mm-hmm. were we were a top 10 truck so that that was the goal and we've done that and had a lot of fun well it's like you know i know you got a pretty good relationship with kyle petty and he comes on fast talk sometimes and he says how did someone ask him how do people get you know to win and he says you got to get looks at wins so i feel like if you're in the top 10 and you're getting looks at the top five I mean, it could happen. I mean, why why couldn't it? I mean, and I feel like you're still good enough. I mean, you're running the top ten. Still, still got it. So well, I got one more shot. At it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, po- Pocono has always been one of my good tracks. I mean, I really should have won two truck races there already. We didn't get it done, obviously. But I've always been faster. I was fast there in a Cup car. I got a pole, a Cup pole yeah. there. Always run well there. So it's one of been, been one of my good tracks. So. I really expect to be a top 10 truck. And honestly, if things go our way. I We could get a win. We really could. I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. So I'm pulling for you. I so. appreciate it. Yeah. Need all the pulling I can get. You know, and this, <laughs> yeah. is, and this is our last race. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll be 800, and, and we're going to be done after that. And Pocono was as close to home as I could get. You know, Watkins Glen is home, mm-hmm. and, and was on the schedule last year, and they took it off this year, which was really disappointing because I wanted to do it at home, be the last race. But, uh, you know, I've been going to Pocono since 1972. Since yeah. I was, what was I, six, uh, eight years old, I've been going to Pocono. So Pocono has been home. Doc Mattioli and Mrs. Mattioli always treated me like family, you know, always treated my brothers like family because we really, we'd been going there for so long and racing there forever. So, to go to Pocono for the last race, it's like going home. Yeah. And my wife is from the area, and we've got a lot of friends in the area. We've got about 120 people going to be in the grandstands. Oh, wow. Uh, we've got like 50 that are going to be in the garage area with us, close friends. And then Saturday night after the race, we're having uh, an official retirement party. 
at one of our friends' restaurants, beer joint, have some fun. You're there. not going to Brett Favre it, are you? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's tempting, I'm going to tell you. You know, there's a lot of people that want, even even some people within the sport want me to keep going uh, and race some more next year. And I'm not going to say it won't happen, but the reality is it takes a lot of money. Yeah. It takes a good team. I don't want to just get in to go around in circles. I want to be able to get in to be competitive. I'm not going to say it won't happen, but I'm, you know, there's got to be a lot of things that go right. And the biggest thing is you got to have sponsorship. So yeah. That's hard to do today. I mean, you've done it all. I mean, you, you were, you started and parked for a, a, a while. I mean, and to me, I don't, I know that you, you're pulling a paycheck from that and that, you know, that's what that team is there for. But I'm kind of like you. I, if I'm going to race, I would want to be in competitive, at least yeah. competitive equipment. Yeah, I, I don't need to go out there just to go in circles. Yeah. You know, I'm, I've got a job. Yeah. I work for Fox <laughs> Sports, and I'm very happy with it. So I don't have to have a job. Um, if I can go out and be competitive, yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, but the, the, rea- the reality is I'm next year I'll be 59 years old. And to be competitive – to be able to win races is really, really difficult at that age. Yeah. You know, I when I started out racing as a young kid, uh, when I started full-time when I was 27, I didn't get started when everybody else does, like 16. I didn't start till I was 27. But, you know, watching the guys that I had grown up watch race, seeing them struggle. Yeah. You know, to... to to run in the top 20 you're like man he must have a terrible race team and a terrible car well the reality now i understand that well he was 48 50 years old 53 years old you know you go slower yeah your reflexes slow down your your ability to process information slows down and you're just not as fast I mean, I'm, so, so it, it makes it difficult to go out and win races. I'm going to give a quick shout out to a to one of the guys that had a garage. So where I grew up, we lived way out in the country and west of Asheville, and there was this old guy that had a garage across the main highway from us. And when I say highway, it's just the two lane road in the middle of nowhere. And he would be out there all the time working on stuff. And his name's Benny, and he's still he's 75 ish, still races his little truck. He'll Five or six of them will go out there. They'll turn wrenches, and you'll hear them fire it up. And mom will call me and say, well, Benny's leaving to go race again. I was like, is he ever going to stop? She goes, no, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. I think this is just yeah. what he does. So, I mean, I I get it. I mean, it's you're just not going to stop. But you've come a long way from, what, putting a dump truck motor in a car to yeah. 22 wins in the cut in the uh, truck series and a, a number of wins in the Xfinity series. I mean, you've done about everything that you can do in a career, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I've. I, I'm very lucky, man. I've had 37 wins total, and to be able to earn a living for all these years doing what you love to do, yeah. man, there's not a lot of people in this world that can say that. And I'm very fortunate to have a great career. And, you know, the one thing is I've, I've been with so many good people. I, I Man, I can't imagine the number of crew members I've had. I, I was trying to figure it out i got up to about a thousand different guys that's crazy and all all the different teams i've had been on and you know they were all good guys 
Yeah. Know, they're all good people. And to be able to associate yourself with those kind of people and, and be a part of a team and be successful, and you can't ask for much more than that. No. Yeah. So New Hampshire's next cup race. Have you run there in anything? Xfinity maybe? Oh, I've run everything there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for that track, it's what, a mile, fairly flat, fast track. What do you if you were to go in there and race there this week, what would you want? What would you expect? Oh boy, that's kind of a loaded question. So <laughs> I mean for a car you want to go in their car truck doesn't matter mm-hmm. whatever you're driving you know the, the the big thing at new hampshire is it's got to turn the center of the corner well mm-hmm. and then you got to be able to get back to the throttle because they're again it's long straightaways um new hampshire is one of those tracks though that is very very easy to overdrive mm-hmm. you know you hauling the mail down that straightaway and you look down there in the corner hey, man i I can drive it down into here and just slam the brakes on and slow down and go the other direction. Well, you go five feet too deep and hit those brakes, you're going to push in the middle of the corner, and you've just killed your corner speed. So it's very, very easy to overdrive. So it takes a lot of discipline to go fast there. Um, So check your aggression, just like you were saying before about the big tracks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've got to realize that you just can't drive it in that deep. You try every lap. You try, <laughs> I can go in another foot deeper. I know I can do it. You get, oh, that foot was good. I can go another two feet. <laughs> and then the next lap, you yeah, okay, maybe another three feet. Ah, that was too much. And you're like, slow down. So, yeah, but you got to have a good car truck. And, and uh, But uh, New Hampshire was track that i always enjoyed racing on mm-hmm. i mean i was i was actually in the very first race there that's crazy and uh bob bear right i mean that yeah, was yeah yeah and it was you know we we enjoyed that boy it was hot oh man was it hot xfinity car i don't know if you remember when bobby labani rolled it on the yeah. back straightaway yeah that, yeah that was the race in fact you're talking about kyle petty uh me and kyle were teammates for that race <laughs> so i'll give you I'll give you a, give you a quick story so we go up to uh, Oxford, Maine. Kyle's supposed to drive the car. I'm working on cars now. I'm not mm-hmm. even driving full time yet. Yeah. Working for Highline Racing. We go up there. It's Jerry Cannon, John Monson, and myself. Kyle's going to drive the car for the Oxford 250. And we unload the car and we push it through a tech. And it's about an hour before practice. And Kyle hasn't shown up yet. I told Jerry, I said, you know, this is before cell phones. I said, you better go call Ted, Ted Condor, the owner. And find out where in the hell Kyle is at. I mean, we got to yeah. practice. So he does. He calls North Carolina, calls the race shop, uh, Sabco. You guys seen Kyle? Yeah. Oh, he's right over here. <laughs> so he gets on the phone and says, Kyle, where are you at? We got to practice an hour. Kyle says, Oh, man, I, I ain't going to make it. <laughs> well, no kidding. You're in North Carolina. Said, what are we going to do? So he talks to Ted and said, Ted's. Put Todd in the car. So I got to race the car in Oxford 250. We came close to winning the thing, too. So the next week was Loudon. First race in, in Loudon. And so we stayed up the whole week. We had two cars with us, two race cars. And we we're going to, Kyle was going to run one one week and run the other the other week. So we we're working on the car that I raced at Oxford. We we're working on it in the parking lot. 
uh, in Laconia. And, of course, I'm moping around because <laughs> I want to race yeah. loud now. I just race like, those two, I'm like, this sucks. I want to race. I don't want to be working on these things. You know? <laughs> so Jerry called Ted Condor up again and said, look, we can fix this car. Why don't we just have Todd drive this one, let Kyle drive the other one. We'll run two cars at Loudon. Ted said, sure. Oh, man. I said, that, that, go ahead and do it. So, man, I'm like on cloud nine now. We fixed that car. I raced, put a new nose and, and tail on it. Go to New Hampshire, go to Loudon, and go out and practice. And we're like really fast. Both of us are. Yeah. Uh, I think Kyle was like sixth, and I was like third in practice. I mean, it's crazy. So we get to the end of practice. Come off of four, and I come on the radio. Says we're good now. I'm gonna bring it in the next time. I go down into one, and I lost it. Oh no! I turn around and I backed it in the wall. It's like silent. So we we load this thing up. We go down the street about five miles to a guy named Larry Record. Larry was a super modified racer. He had a body shop. He had a frame machine. He let us come down there. We worked all night. We pulled the frame up on this thing in the back, and we put the body back together. We unload for practice the next morning, and we're fast again. It was crazy, and it was hotter than hell. And we started the race. The funny part of this whole story is we had one pit crew for two cars. (laughs) (laughs) So don't pit on the same lap. Do not pit on the same lap. We had one set of radios for two cars. (laughs) We had one spotter for two cars. Me and Kyle could talk to each other on the racetrack. I mean, it was crazy. And ended up, uh, my motor blew up. Actually, right after Bobby Labonte had flipped, uh, my motor blew up, and Kyle ended up finishing sixth or seventh or something like that. But it was blazing hot that day. Mm -hmm. That was the first race in in New Hampshire. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. So, going into the cup race... Who do you think's gonna take that? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, last year it was what the 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 sun was going down. Maddie D had a chance to win. Then there's another caution, and then Almirola you, took the lead. And... You cannot go by anything that used to happen. No, there because these cars have made the playing field so much leveler. I mean, if you've got a decent motor and you got good pit stops and decent car, I mean, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, but I think if you're gonna really want to pick some guys you, know, you got to pick the usual suspects the guys that have been good all year it goes back to engineering mm-hmm. and what's what starts in the shop and you know track house and hendrick i mean the, the big dogs they're all going to be there yeah so me uh gosh the playoffs are looking so crazy i i actually want 16 winners i think it, or more than 16 Wouldn't that be cool? it'd be so awesome and i've cool. i've told jc before i think that if we get more than 16, NASCAR should just let everyone that won a race into that first round and then cut it after that into the races at 12. That's exactly what I say. If you win a race, yeah. you should be in the playoff. Yeah. The I don't care if it's 20 cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right? But then when you get to that first round, yeah. just cut everybody up to mm-hmm. where they need yeah. to be. Just cut it to back yeah. to 12. If, and Exactly. If it's five guys get cut or six guys get, doesn't matter but mm-hmm. if you win a race you should be in the playoffs the, i fully agree yeah the whole format when they came out with this playoff style was if you win you're in so if a guy wins let him in not really you know <laughs> if you read the way this rules because we get told this mm-hmm. all the time on, on tv don't say yeah. that 
Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's truly not true. You could have 17 winners, mm -hmm. and one of those guys is not going to be in the playoffs. And to me, that's not right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's the argument a lot of people have. If it ever happens, I think that they might have to think about it. Well, it's a, it's a similar situation last year where the person leading in the points had not won a race, and then it was communicated, well, the points leader gets in anyway, even if they haven't won a race and we have 16 winners. And it's like, oh, well, what? what? Right now, yeah, Ryan Blading is second in the points. If he somehow mm -hmm. takes over the lead. Could. Could happen. Could happen. He hadn't won a race. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't be in the playoffs if they had all those winners. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So Crazy. I, I, I'm pulling for Truex. I feel like he needs something to kind of get him going. So if I'm going to pick one person, I'm going to pick Martin. And it, I mean, isn't that one of his home home tracks? He's got like 15 yeah. of them or something. Yeah. So <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, talking about Ryan Blaney, I think he's going to take it. He's He's been hot the last couple of weeks. I think this is a track he can do it on. Ford is normally fast at the flat tracks so i mean logano won at the yeah. coliseum so yeah so and he also won at gateway which is kind of similar to this but i think he'll take that i think that ryan's performance this year has been the most consistent i agree of, of any driver any team that we have mm -hmm. unfortunately hasn't got that w yet but if you look at race to race to race they have been the most consistent. That's why they're second points. Yeah. Yeah. You know, consistency is where you get your points. Uh, in, in the old points system, that's what everybody said. You know, yeah. you got to be consistent to get, you know. So uh, I, I think I would like to see Ryan get in for sure. Will we have 16 winners? I sure hope so. I want it to happen oh, yeah. so badly. You know, we almost had another one this week. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. If LaJoy would have won, yeah, that would have been, been impressive. Right there. I would, I, God, but been there so again, excited. you know, it would have been tough for Corey, not in the top 30 in points. Yeah. Rule, rule states. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you win, you got to be in the top, top 30, 30 in points. points, which I think is another BS. Deal. Yeah. Because I agree. If you win a race, you deserve yeah. to be in a playoff. I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. Now, how do you feel if it's, say, someone who's not running a full time? schedule like Almondinger last year won the road course i mean yeah that's that's different that's bolded. thanks david styles thank you for joining me and uh david today i'm jc ficature thanks for stopping by the garage